So Andrew Lopez, I have had you on our docket for like a year and a half now. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Been waiting to revisit the Zion Williamson story with you, waiting to figure out like what's inside of this giant gift box that always has been threatening to get unwrapped. And it's taken till, yeah, October of 2022. So thank you for coming back on the show. Hey man, any anytime. And it's been, I mean, heck, it's been it's been a long time since we've seen Z play. And now that we have, we're like, oh yeah, this is why, this is why everything was so so hyped around him. It it all makes sense again. Yeah, and your life as the guy on the Z beat, as you just referred to it, uh, in specific, how did you end up with this as your main assignment? It's I mean, it's why I got hired. Like, let's be real. Oh, yo, you got hired. <laughs> no, I was I was working for Times Picayune. I covered the Pels for one year. We got bought out by our competitor, The Advocate. That was May second, twenty nineteen. I had no idea what I was doing. None. I literally there's a quote for me in the New York Times saying, "I will get out of this industry because I don't want to get fired next year." <laughs> it was a story on the last great newspaper war. Yes. Because of that, the Picayune told us, "If you want to get your severance, you have to work for the next two months." So at that point, I was like, well, all right, well, I'm going to a lottery. And I go to Chicago, and I'm sitting in the ballroom, and I'm just thinking, I was like, man, you know it would be nice if, if they just jump into the top four and get a good player? That'd be nice for, for this team. And then they jump into the top four. And was sitting next to Will Gallery of the Athletic. We went to the same elementary school. Like, we've known each other forever. Yeah, another New Orleans guy, yeah. Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com is sitting to my left. And I remember just grabbing Will like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> the fourth pick in the 2019 NBA draft goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. At that point, we're still thinking like, oh man, if they get job, that'd be great. Right. The third pick goes to the New York Knicks. Memphis comes out the second envelope. The second pick will be made by the Memphis Grizzlies. The second Memphis comes out the second envelope. I turned to Will and Jim and I said, somebody's going to hire me. (laughs) And that means that the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. I was like, I'm going to get a job. I was like, I am going to get a job off of this tonight. And so to be here now in October of 2022, watching Zion Williamson do what he's been doing, I imagine it feels like the thing you've been waiting for personally for for so long. No, I mean, ever since I got hired, this is what it's been about. There was so much anticipation going into the first year and then he gets hurt and then and then COVID happens and then it's a pandemic season and then he misses a whole year. But looking at the way he looks now. Shot fake, bounce feed to Zion, down low and the two-hand throw down from the left side. Looking at how he started the season. Feed in the post to Z, avoids contact and lays it in. Finger roll style over the front arm. This is what we've been waiting for and this is what I've been waiting for. Uh, as an NBA fan, to see see what he's going to do. We have been waiting to see Zion Williamson do stuff 
for precisely 533 days. And in that time, let's be honest, that is an absolute eternity. Zion had entered the league as the face of basketball's viral video economy, a singular athletic specimen composed of a seemingly endless series of 15-second highlight reels. But now he was 22 years old and far removed from real live NBA games, and his best comp was less LeBron James and more Godot. So today... A Pelican debrief with the reporter who has been there with Zion in New Orleans from the very start of this saga. And he tells us whether it was all a dream. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Tuesday, October 25th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drake wisely. So, Andrew, you do live a pretty peculiar NBA life. And I want to know 530 some odd days later, when you do look back on the last year and a half of your job covering Zion Williamson, how you would even begin to describe what that's been like to someone who is just looking in from the outside. Man, it's been so up and down. So let's just go back to September 2021, when we find out that he originally injures the foot. I guess late June, early July, his birthday is July 6th. He told us that he found out on his 21st birthday that, hey, you have a broken foot. Mm. Now we find out about this September 26th or 27th, 2021. And it's like, oh, hey, it's at media day. And it's like, oh, by the way, he has a broken foot. Right. Like, ah. No, this, this, I remember this being like, Oh, this is uh, poetically just a nightmare. And I remember I asked Zion the question, hey, do you think you'll be ready for opening night? Uh, do you expect to, to be able to be back for the start of the regular season? Uh, yes, sir. I expect to be back for the first game. First official game. That obviously did not happen. <laughs> Since then, it's basically just been a, a long road for him in terms of how we get back to here. He's made a lot of changes in his life and his body to help him get ready and get back to this point. But it's been a roller coaster because there was a few times in, say, October and November where you thought, okay, here he comes. There was a day in December where he was supposed to be back. This was going to be his first five-on-five practice. Then he feels some discomfort and he needs to get a shot in the foot. Andrew, you dropped the Zion news in a tweet that shook our newsroom this morning. So what's the latest on Zion's status? Right now, Zion is experiencing soreness in that surgically repaired right foot. Uh, He had it checked out last night by the team doctor and and they are going to dial him back a little bit. So he was supposed to return to practice today. Now he's going to go back, do a little bit of low impact work and then work his way back up if he can get through this weekend. And then he disappears to Portland for two months. And 
oh, all the while, while this team is starting three and 16. Yep. Then they trade for CJ and all of a sudden things, you know, the vibes start changing and the team starts getting a, l- a little bit better. Obviously they make the push at the end of the season, but the foot was still kind of a thing. And now he's cleared. He's a different guy. He looks happier. He looks much better physically. Yep. And, you know, through the first few games, he looks like the Zion we remember. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous what we are watching right now and what we are watching happen on the floor in the lane. It also seems like the function of a physical transformation that I don't want to be reductive about, but it does feel like a dramatic before and after talk show makeover style thing. (laughs) Because here comes Zion Williamson out from behind the shaded screen, and he even sounds different, right? I mean, it's hard not to think of all of the cruel questions and jokes about his body that were extraordinarily common recently. It's hard not to think of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal just laughing at how he reminded them of themselves in a bad way. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> what do you look like, Chuck? Like, me and you had a baby. God, geez. This dude, he's good in New Orleans. I think March or April was kind of like a turning point for him when he realized where where things are kind of turning. And look, they've, they've done a lot of different things. He's got a personal chef now. He's got a, you know, a personal strength and conditioning coach while working with the Pelican staff. He has really done a lot to kind of shed that a little bit. And, and I definitely think it's worked. Yeah, I mean, so when you're watching him now, right, what opens your eyes the most? It honestly, and, and this may sound very, very cliche, is his happiness. He genuinely looks like a happy person. He's always been that kind of a guy. He's always been, you know, the happy-go-lucky kind of player. But the smiles, the, the, the jokes in the press conferences. I, I got to say, I didn't like the video because I'm biased towards the Pelicans, but they had a great, they had a great song choice with public service announcement. I, I got I to gotta give respect when it's due. He just looks like he's happy playing basketball again. And this is this is his place. And look, he is a guy who he mentioned several times in the last month and a half or so about the Notorious B.I.G. album, Ready to Die. Yes. The uh, Notorious B.I.G. album, uh, Ready to Die. That album really helped kind of shift my mindset and just find a true resolve within the game. And Ready to Die as an album that inspires Zion specifically, I mean, he... I don't think he was literally alive when Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis no. had been invented. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like, he's a 2000 baby or something like that, which oh, just makes me, God. yeah, yeah, feel old with me. Thank you. I am. Uh, he's an old soul in terms of his music styling. There's some of these guys, they wear like, ironically, they wear like all these old album shirts and things yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like the, the stolen valor of vintage Sort right. of like music references. Meanwhile, he wears like a Sade shirt because he actually is listening to Sade. <laughs> you know, Ready to Die was Biggie's debut album. It came out in 94. And he has said about it, it kind of just talked about the weight of the world being on your shoulders. That album, lyrically, uh, how he talked about stress, what he was dealing with, just feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders and you feel like you standing alone. And that's what he has been through in the last 500-something days. All of these expectations, I mean, you come in and you're supposed to be this 
you know, this generational talent. You're supposed to be this, you know, they don't want to say it, but the outside perception is you are this franchise savior. Mm-hmm. And then you're hurt. You were hurt during your first year. You miss all of your third season. And it just all kind of comes down on him. And I think, as he has said, it, that album helped shift his mindset to kind of get back to loving the game of basketball. Yeah, so he relates very specifically to this big kid who had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And, and who does Zion turn to when, when times get really hard as these 500 days are weighing on him more and more? He keeps his family close. He has his stepdad, Lee Anderson, his mom, Sharonda, his little brother, Noah. That's really his circle. Like He doesn't really get much outside it. on the team. He he looks to Teresa Weatherspoon. I mean, Teaspoon, that's that's his PD coach. They're always together. And he has said that's that's a big sister to him. And she has been kind of the the steadying force, if you will, for him uh throughout his uh his Pels his Pels tenure. Yeah. So she's a player development coach, PD coach, as you said, whose job seemingly has been to make sure that he, you get the most out of the guy who's supposed to save the entire team. Teespoon, I think, was hired as like a two-way coach in 2019, his first year. So she was down there a little bit and then was, a, was promoted to assistant coach under, under Stan and has been that voice. I mean, she sits right, she sits on the back of the bench. She sits, she's right behind him. She's in his ear. And she has been there. And I remember a game once, and it was a pandemic game. I think they were playing the Philadelphia 76s. I remember because we were in the top of the arena. We didn't get to sit close. So I'm, you know, I'm up in the 300 levels, uh, you know, at the top of the Smoothie King Center. And it was one of the few games that Z has really kind of unleashed a, like a mid-range jumper. Mm. And I remember this one in specific, goes baseline. And he stops instead of going to the rim like he always does. And he shoots a, a, a 10-footer from the baseline. and goes in and it was kind of like an ice, you know, helped ice the game. Zion. And a beat. Eyeing Zion again. Little mid-range. Yes! We asked him after the game, like, where'd that come from? He's like, I don't know, man. Spoon told me I need to shoot one today. <laughs> and, and obviously, he went into it about how Spoon had been working on it. And Spoon does. Spoon works on it. I mean, I watched them go through their shooting routine every, every you know, pregame every day. And Spoon has him, hey, I want you to do this, this, fake this way, go this. Boom. And they just go through it. And she just has this, this way with him. Um, he said he, he remembers an event. I think it was some game last year, and he's he's leaving the arena. So this is post March when I think I think when he came back, he's walking out the arena. Spoon asked him, he's like, "Are you are you okay?" And Z's like, "Normally I would just lie in that situation and say yes." He goes, "But something about this day, I said no." I just trust T Spoon so much with like opening up. I was like, "No, nah, I'm not. I am not okay." Her first response wasn't words. She cried for me. She literally just cried for me. And I'm, I remember just trying to take that moment in like, I have somebody special in my corner. She really does care about me. And he calls her like his big sister. And he's like, I knew people like cared about me around here. And I think you just, you just see now that he is, he is just way more comfortable with this group, with this team while trying to figure out all of these new things. I mean, look, on the floor, in that Brooklyn game, there was one player 
who played with him when he last played basketball on May 4th, 2021. And that was Brandon Ingram. <laughs> right, right. He didn't really have anybody else on this team who he has really played with. And the fact that he that he is here right now is, you know, maybe something we didn't we didn't see maybe a year ago at, at this point. But, you know, we're here now. And so this is Zion saying, to borrow now from a different Brooklyn icon, allow me to both reintroduce and introduce myself <laughs> to all of these people who he has and has not even begun to play with yet. And that process starts at training camp around late September. What kind of an impression does Zion leave? He came into, I think, this season with something to prove. And the very first night that the Pelicans had training camp, they did a two-a-day. In the early session, they didn't do much work. The evening session, they had a scrimmage. And this was the first time that Z, CJ, BI, Herb Jones, and Jonas Valanciunas had all been on the same team. Now, we weren't permitted to, to be there. However, Willie Green... Yeah, the coach of the team. The coach who had not yet had Zion on the floor in a real game under him yet. This is Willie Green's words the next day. Z looked amazing. His strength, his speed... He, you know, he dominated the, the, the scrimmage pretty much. Uh, Zion dominated the scrimmage. Larry Nance told us. He didn't even realize it, but in the locker room, you know, talking about it afterwards, I was like, did you know, like, you didn't miss a shot? <laughs> and I think he, he has it in his mind sometimes of like, hey, I need to prove something tonight. And I think that's when he did the very first scrimmage to kind of prove to these guys, hey, I'm, I'm back. It's kind of funny because he, he walked into Brooklyn wearing a ready-to-die shirt. This was it. He had this moment circled, discounted. This was Kyrie. This was KD. This was Ben Simmons. And I asked him, I was like, when, when did it hit you that, okay, I'm back. This is a regular season game. I'm thinking maybe it was a move in the game. You know, I finished here. I had to dunk at the end of the game. And he's like, it's just all the little things. It was like a lot of subtle things. Um before the Nets ran out onto the court for warm-ups, hearing the crowd chant like Brooklyn, I was like, oh man, I forgot like the allure of just being in an arena, especially an away arena. He's like, I'm going through starting lineups and I hear my name called. I'm going through starting lineups and I hear Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's name called. He said, but it was during the national anthem. At the top of Barclays, among the banners that hang, is one for Notorious B.I.G. Oh, that's right. When they was doing the national anthem, just kind of looked up at the flag and I said, oh, they got a big poster out there. I, I, I can't go outside now. <laughs> Everything's lined up. And then he, you know, he goes out and reminds us who he is and has his 20 points in the paint, drops 25, and it's like, oh, yeah, easy again. Yeah, here is an easy 25 and 9 in four steals. Here is Zion Williamson just fitting in seamlessly alongside CJ McCollum, the newest member of their big three. But after the break, I want to talk to you about why that whole partnership felt nothing like a sure thing. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You know, it's interesting that you talk about CJ and Zion being so connected on the floor now. Because one of the big questions, one of the reasons I wanted to follow up on Zion with you was because we had heard what our friend J.J. Redick had said yes. on ESPN very famously about Zion, who he played with with the Pelicans and also, you know, a fellow Duke guy. He called him detached from the team, specifically because C.J. McCollum got acquired by this team from Portland and he did not immediately reach out. This is a pattern of behavior with Zion that we are seeing again and again. And look, I was his teammate. I can describe him as a detached teammate. That, that, is, that is an accurate statement. This is just, this is basic, basic level of humanity being a teammate. Send a text to a guy when he gets traded to your team. And this became a whole thing, obviously, that, that you dealt with in your capacity as a beat guy. How would you describe what was happening there and then how that got resolved to the point where now they are kind of tied together? So CJ goes on inside, I think it was inside the NBA during All-Star break and mentions how he had not heard from Zion Williamson since he had been traded for the Pelicans. I haven't had conversations with him directly. I've spoken to some people close to him and look forward to sitting down uh, with him sooner than later. But I, I don't really, I, I, know, I know about as much as you do right now, but really? I want to get to the bottom. In Zion's defense, he was in, in Portland at the time and has, has spoken about since how that was, it was a very dark time for him. Those are, those are his, his words. Um, dealing with the injury, dealing with not being able to play, just not in the right headspace. As soon as that kind of comes out, he reaches out. And immediately you start to see this relationship start to form. Honestly, I was focused on rehabbing uh, at the time. Uh, I text CJ shortly after to uh, apologize about that because, like I said, I was mentally not in a good space. But, I mean, luckily uh, he was cool He was cool about it. Uh, and like I said, I'm excited to get on the court with him. CJ McCollum told me that once Z did get back around the team in March, it was a West Coast road trip. So he had a couple of team dinners uh, on the West Coast. And he said, Zion Williamson would sit right next to me and we would talk for hours. And it wasn't necessarily about basketball. It was about life. It was about investment opportunities. It was about all sorts of things. And you start to saw, see this, this kind of relationship start to build when Z finally talked to to the media at, at media day last year or at, uh, at exit interviews. He looks in the camera and he's like, hey, Mr. McCollum, I see you, I'm here. <laughs> Mr. McCollum, this is a little payback. Mr. I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. I got you for that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, CJ is a great dude. Um, in the short amount of time I've been around him, I've learned so much from him. Uh, great teammate and I'm excited to get on the court with him. They have kind of figured each other out. And I 
do think Z, when all that was going on mentally, was not in a great space. And I think now he, some of that weight's been been lifted off. And I think that part of that's because of how CJ has kind of let him, hey, man, it's 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 okay. And, he, and realizing he has CJ and Brandon and JV and Herb and Trey and all these guys on the court. So on the court, things are going to be fine, which makes it a little bit easier to be, you know, be himself off the court um, as we've kind of seen so far. I want to be very clear, Andrew, like I was ready to do the episode with you where it was Zion Williamson leaves New Orleans. Like that was so much a part of this story is, is he trying to send unsubtle smoke signals about how much he loves the Knicks? Like, is he out of here? Like that was conventional wisdom at a certain point. And it was, I mean, you looked at what was around him. You, you kind of, I, I could see why I could, I, you know, and now first off, Willie Green has changed a lot of, of things and credit to David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, Swing Cash in the front office, Bryson Graham, who collectively that they, they realized, Hey, Stan Van Gundy wasn't working. And then they went and found their guy. And Willie Green has done so much to change the culture. Willie Green, a former player, longtime NBA player. He's been through what a lot of these guys have been through. And they, they give him a lot of credit for steadying the ship and basically getting everybody on the right page. But what does this team's standard for success look like now in terms of what they're monitoring with Zion and the entire project that's now underway? I think it's only going to be results. I think it's going to have to be somebody who sees that Z looked this way in March or April, or that Z is going to, honestly, that Z is going to look like this next September going into the season again. You're going to need people who, to see it multiple times, see it, make sure he stays this way. I mean, it's, Maybe easier to stay in condition during the season when you're playing, but is he going to look this way when he comes back from All Star break? Is he going to look this way when he comes back from, you know, after the playoffs? Then I mean, maybe you'll start to see some people really start to turn around. Or if he just goes out there and averages thirty and wins MVP, that that might also help. <laughs> yeah, that that would help a little bit. And so the brief scene that unfolded there in the fourth quarter against Utah on Sunday, man, when Zion's in the middle of another 25-point game, which is great. That's the Zion we remember. But then we get the other part of the Zion we remember, which is just the the terror that I felt through the screen when he gets randomly blocked by Jordan Clarkson from behind on this breakaway, and he falls awkwardly. And you were there. What What was your sense of what the hell was going on? It was... It was scary at first. Uh, the, I think you could, you could hear a pin drop inside the Smoothie King Center. Z, you know, when he, when he falls, it's a loud fall, and I think everybody kind of heard it. Kind of, kind of rocks up, starts rubbing his rubbing his legs a little bit, gets up. He stays in the game mm. at first. It's one possession. Uh, because he gets hurt at the 807 mark, and then they run one possession, and you can just tell something's hurting, something's wrong. And he checks out at that point. They try to get him to go to the back, and he says, no, I'm staying, sits on the bench. And I think at that point, it kind of tightens up. He doesn't. He never goes to the back, but it is it is just a scary thing to see at first when a guy that size falls from that height. Yes. It felt like, oh, here we've done it. Like we we have we have jinxed this man. We have this we have all our fault. We we've we we by doing this podcast have 
divinely doomed him. But what's actually the diagnosis now? It is a it is a posterior hip contusion. I'm sorry, a right posterior hip contusion slash lower back contusion. And Pablo, I'm going to tell you what that means. And in, in, I have a little bit of a medical background. I can break yeah, this down for you. Contusion is scary sounding. He's got a bruised ass. <laughs> He's got a bruised ass, Pablo. Which, which It's going to be okay. Thank you. No, no, this is important. This is news I can use because this means that I can resume being unapologetically excited about, yes. about how this dude ha- had been looking before that butt got hurt. Yes. It, look, he, he is fine. Uh, he told some people walking out the arena, he is fine. Same thing he did after the ankle injury. I, I, I think because of who he is and because of what has happened with him, every small thing yeah. that could be, you know, it's nothing. It's not going to cost him anything is going to be a bigger issue. But before he got literally butthurt, what was he looking like? Because I was enjoying this experience. Offensively, this was his best game playing against Utah. I mean, he, the first two games, but he was 11 for 22 against, uh, against Brooklyn. He was 6 of 19 or 7 of 19 against the Charlotte Hornets. He was 10 of 16 last night, 10 of, and then ends up 10 of 17 with the block. All those shots have come in the lane. He hasn't really kind of gone back to his mid-range yet or a little little bit of, you know, baby kind of jump shots in the lane. He's just bowling people over on his way to the rim, and you can't stop him. No, this is this is a historical presence at this point in the paint. Another 20-plus point game in the paint against Utah. This is a guy, Zion Williamson, has played 88 career games. In more than half of those games... He has scored 20 or more points in the paint. <laughs> All down low. We just, we just don't see that. We For people who don't understand, we do not see this level of dominance. Since the start of the 2019-20 season, which Zion did not play until January 21st, 2020, only one person has more 20-point-plus games in the paint, and that's Giannis. Not Jokic, not Ja, not anybody else. It is Giannis, and then it is Z, and Z has played in 88 games. But I do also just want to be honest here about the depth of uncertainty that is running through this. Because beneath the sheer excitement of everything that you're describing is now officially this sense of caution, which we saw on Sunday, right? I mean, this team literally has to cover his ass and and their own. And they are managing his minutes. He hasn't cracked 31 minutes in a game yet as the Pelicans are, are dreaming of a championship run. But I feel like you, you actually, you personally might be the best standard for this kind of fear. So how are you feeling, Andrew? What's it been like for your fortunes to be tied to Zion's? I'll tell you what, man. It's been, it's been fun. But to see it from the very beginning has been just exhilarating to watch so far. And you feel a sense of disappointment when he misses a whole year. Not because of your professional standing of, okay, that's just a lot less work than I'm doing this year or I'm doing, I'm having to do other things, <laughs> but I am a basketball fan. If somebody dunks on somebody during the middle of a game and I'm on press row, I'm going to, oh, <laughs> ah, because I like basketball. How dare you? How dare you have human responses to human events? 
And not seeing that for a year was was hard. And I, I, it was hard as, a, as an NBA fan. Only imagine what that was like for the kid and hearing everything that he has to hear about it. So for me, it, is, it has been just incredible to watch the fact that he has been able to bounce back the way he has. And I am very much looking forward to what comes next. Andrew Lopez, we look forward to having you back to tell us what you've seen. Yeah, hopefully not 530-something days from now. I, I hope not. <laughs> but if you if you need me in 533 days or whatever it's going to be, I will be here, Pablo. I will I will be here for you. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll also be here to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> 